Today is Friday, August 27th, 2021. Opportunity often comes disguised in the form of misfortune or temporary defeat. Napoleon Hill. You're listening to episode 257, Financial Confidence with Damari Gold. Again, people, you're not going to be happy just because all of a sudden you have millions. You might reach a little peak, right, of happiness. But if you don't know what to do with your money and if you're just spending like crazy, then you're going to end up sad and depressed and all those other things because you're truly not doing what you're supposed to or feeling like you're doing what you're supposed to and being confident about it. This is the Dance of Life. My name is Tudor Alexander, and we are going to go on a journey to hack your mind, body, and soul for living your best life yet. Tune in every week to learn something new, grow, and get inspired as we discover the secrets of success and practice the art of fulfillment. And if it's one thing I hope you learn from today, it's that your life is a dance. And just like any dance, you can learn to dance it well. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Dance of Life. Thanks so much for being here with me. My guest today is Damari Gold, and she helps business owners achieve their long-term growth goals using accounting and financials to hone in on the real gold of a business. She holds a master's degree in accounting and finance and a bachelor's in organizational management from the University of Laverne. She's the owner and founder of the Gold Standard Accounting and Tax in Huntington Beach, California. Her passion is to help entrepreneurs learn the foundation of money, both personal and business, so that they can go from insecure to confident business owners. If you want to get in touch with Damari, I'm going to put a link for it in the show notes for this episode. That's episode 257. That's danceoflife.com slash slash podcast, actually, for the show notes of any episode. But this is episode 257. I'll put the link on there because it's a little bit longer. But today we're going to be talking about her own journey helping people as an entrepreneur, especially women, uh, develop confidence with their money. You know, how do you create successful habits around money? How do you invest? How do you take care of your credit? You know, how do you systematize your business? What's important to consider? You know, all these important conversations centered around money that I think we should have on a regular basis. So very excited to have her on the show. And before we jump into the conversation, make sure you subscribe, hit that like button, leave a review, do whatever that your heart inspires you to do today as you so choose and listen and grow and learn and all that wonderful stuff. Thanks so much for being here. Let's do this. Episode 257, Financial Confidence with Damari Gold. All right. Well, hey, nice to have you on the show, Damari. I love your last name. I think it's like totally like perfect for what you do, right? It's my artist. <laughs> gold that standard. That's freaking awesome. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's my artistic last name. That's what I chose. <laughs> oh, okay. You, uh, you chose it like as a brand name, I guess, or? 
Yeah. So my favorite color is gold and okay. my company name is the gold standard accounting yeah, and tax. That. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm going to be Damari gold. <laughs> it sounds great to me. So welcome Thank to the show. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I'm curious, how did you, uh, you know, you help a lot of women, especially, right? I mean, especially yeah. women with finances and gaining financial confidence. I love that word financial confidence, because that's really what it's all about is being confident with your money, having a confident relationship with your money is so important. Um, and I'm curious, how did that happen for you? I mean, what, what got you doing what you're doing now? Obviously you have, you know, background in accounting and tax preparation and doing that stuff, but like specifically helping people and, and doing all the creative work you're doing now too, what shifted for you that you got on this path? So, you know, I think it was more so like life events um, in my own journey. I have had to reset financially um, lots of times. So I think that doing that myself, I was getting to a point where I realized that for women, even though we've advanced as as a culture, maybe as women, we've advanced lots in culture, but um, speaking about finances is still very taboo and it's still very, mm. um, difficult for women to talk about and to really embrace like their position when it comes to money. And so, and I know firsthand what that's like, I've been in my twenties. I, uh, so I'm a first generation American and I wasn't taught about, you know, how to properly manage money and it was more so money is survival, you know, pay your bills, you work, get a secure job, stay what you need to do. And so growing up, I got myself into a lot of debt, went to college, have student loans. And, you know, I still, oh, I still have a lot of student loans. I have a hundred, I owe $110,000 in student loans. I know a lot of people and, in that boat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, that weighs a lot on people. And yeah. so then from there, you know, um, getting married, getting divorced, having children. Um, so there's been a lot of different financial resets for me. There's been a lot of things that have changed. And I know so many women in that same position, but they don't know how to get themselves in a better financial position. And really the confidence comes with more so like being okay with where you are with money right now, not necessarily thinking that, the only way you're going to feel better or the only way you're going to get out of a certain situation is by having millions because normally that's what people think, right? Like, how are you going to feel better about money? Oh, if I had a million dollars, right? But the truth of the matter is- You just have more problems. <laughs> exactly, yeah. No, well, what happens is that our bad habits carry us yeah. carry with us through that time. It's not that, it's not that, it's not the money necessarily, it's us. We are the ones that have to shape and change and, and adapt and do, right? So that we can really make ourselves or put ourselves, I'm sorry, in a better financial situation or better financial positioning. But the thing, the other part of this is that it's not just about having a lot of money because I think that that's usually the common misconception is that, oh, if I have a lot of money or if I make six figures or if I make multiple six figures, all of a sudden I am going to be in a better position financially. And that is just not the case. So how do we become confident with what we have right now 
how do we make changes with what we have right now? And so that's sort of where my journey began, because I know that for me, I would get to a position like I would always make more money every year. And then I would feel like I still felt the same way. Like I still felt like I was broke. I still felt mm. like I was paycheck to paycheck. Right. So I know a lot of people feel that way. And every year I've always been able to make more money, but see the root of my feelings have been because of my own habits, because of my own spending habits, not being able to get out of debt, not saving money and just really not making a change in any direction. So that's really what had me just, I was like, there's, there's more women that feel this way. And I know they do. And I know that this is a difficult conversation, especially for women to have and to admit that they aren't maybe good with finances or that they feel that way. Um, but it's a needed conversation. We, we can't keep hiding. We can't keep just sweeping it under the rug and thinking that it's going to go away or it's going to get better. It's not. So that's where, that's where my journey began. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I know a lot of people that can relate to that. Like I said, I actually, I think of a friend right now that I know and he ended up going to like engineering school or something and it was out of state and it was just like all the wrong combinations. He had like $170,000 in debt oh, and he ended up like hating his engineering careers. Like this, oh, this sucks. Yeah. I don't want to be an engineer. <laughs> yeah. To, and then having all that thing. debt, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just crazy. And uh, yeah. I think debt, I, you know, there's an important maybe point here we can discuss, which is, your relationship to debt and what does that mean? Cause I think mm -hmm. there's, there's two cool questions here is what do you feel about debt as a person? And there's also, you know, how do we um, shift the conversation from seeing debt as like a negative thing to seeing it as mm -hmm. like leverage. Right. I mean, that's really yeah. uh, people who are entrepreneurs understand this and people who take risks understand that debt is really a tool um, that, that you can utilize if you're, being smart because you can get money and create momentum and do certain things that you wouldn't be able to do if you waited. Yeah. Uh, but debt also, at least in the traditional conversation, I mean, my parents are kind of the same way, you know, we, I grew up, I'm the entrepreneur, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for, first, first generation entrepreneur <laughs> type of thing. And, um, you know, my parents are a little old school and, you know, it's very much from the approach of like, okay, we got to survive. Like you said, survival, you know, mm -hmm. make sure you don't have any debt Oh yeah. my God, that's a bad thing, you know? And it's just like, yeah. it's a whole different type of conversation, which unfortunately doesn't really set people up for success. Um, especially in a country that is very much, I would say, skewed towards risk-taking and entrepreneurism and, you know, much less mm -hmm. for people working, you know, 20 yeah. years at a job and getting a degree. And it just doesn't, it doesn't do Taking anything. Taking a safe road. Yeah. Yeah. I've said it, you know, lots of times I've said that it's, the American dream, and it's what we're taught. What is the American dream? The American dream is to own a home, have a secure job, all of these things, right? So we're all conditioned to think that that is exactly what our life should reflect. And when we're not there, then we feel bad about our situation. And like you said, debt is can be leverage. It doesn't necessarily mean that we all have bad debt or we have good debt, right? We have debt. So deciding like for myself, deciding to be in this office that a year from now, if you would have told me that I was going to be doing this, I'd be like, no way. But I finally 
took the jump and said, you know what, I am going to invest in just going out on my own and having a brick and mortar, right? That's a big investment. Yeah. Um, I took on a lot of debt, but that doesn't mean that it's gonna, yeah, there's, I have my moments. I have my moments where I'm like, you know, wow, <laughs> this is a lot more, but it doesn't mean that this debt defines who I am. This debt doesn't define anything about me or about my success or about the way I live my life. I chose this because I chose freedom. My values are to feel free, to feel secure, to feel confident about what I'm doing. And I have all of those things in my journey. And so that is what I want, especially women to understand is that the debt that you have or that you accrued, it doesn't, it doesn't define what you could do with your life right at this moment. Because a lot of people, that's what it is, right? They, they just think like, oh, I have all this debt. I can't vacation. I can't this or that. Right. And so we just get on this cycle and we stay on that cycle, but it's, it's not, that doesn't define us. That doesn't have to have that hold on us and, we can create a life that we truly desire and we truly want to live if you allow yourself to understand a few things when it comes to money. What do you, what do you think are some of the challenges that women specifically face with money? Maybe it's limiting beliefs or certain just challenges in your experience. That oh, for sure. Face. A lot of it is definitely mindset, limiting beliefs, but, um, you know, feeling scared or feeling embarrassed. A lot of times, you know, most people, if they feel embarrassed about their finances, they tend to not want to talk about it. Um, so, you know, that that's a conversation that you don't want people to know. Like, I know it's interesting to me when I tell people I don't own a home. And, and you get a lot of different reactions, you know, to that, because why would people define my success as owning a home? Yeah. Right. So it's the definition of our success. And I think that a lot of that has to do with mindset. A lot of that has to do with how we grew up and truly finding the fundamentals of that. Like, how is it that you grew up? What were you taught when you were growing up? What is your definition of money and success? And really, truly finding out if that definition applies to you or are you living under somebody else's definition, just like going back to what's the American dream, owning a home. So do you feel less than because you don't own a home, right? But what I often talk about is like, why don't we teach our young adults, you know, the ones that are 18 that are getting into college and that are working to start their retirement plan? Why don't they start at 18? Because at 18, you're most of the time, you're not there buying a house, right? You're not about to buy yeah. a house when you're 18, but you're entering the workforce and entering the workforce. Now you should start essentially creating a savings account that you're not going to touch for the longer term, which you'd, you're going to be in the workforce for many years. But what happens is we don't teach people that we teach people work hard and work two jobs, work, 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 so that you can what? Own a home so that all you do is work, work, work so that you can pay for your home. You know, so with women, it is, it is partly limiting beliefs, but it, it, a lot of it's mindset and what we learn. I believe I always ask um, women is what was your 
first experience with money. So if we go back to your childhood and growing up, what was your first experience with money at that time? Um, did your parents, you know, always say like, we don't have money for that or mm -hmm. money doesn't grow on trees or were your parents frugal or were they like spendies or were they always stressed out about right paying bills and all those things so those first experience really mold and shape how we treat money now and if you go back to think about your first money experiences you'll find that a lot of your habits and a lot of what you do right now is is from that it's so funny how those money stories are just so powerfully interwoven in our psyche man i mean mm -hmm. just uh i know like you know like i said i can relate to what you said about growing up in a family where it's like, okay, we got to survive, you know, we got to do, you know, yeah. you know, whatever it is. And, um, I think a lot of people can relate to that, you know, especially with the previous generation and, you know, it's just, even today, you know, I'm very entrepreneurial. I'm very open-minded. I've done a lot for myself to change my money narrative, but sometimes, yeah. you know, you, you get in a bad mood or something and those little, you know, <laughs> and it you comes go, back, you go to Walmart, <laughs> you're trying to buy a $10 t-shirt and it's 15. You're like, what the fuck? You know, the, like this, okay. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah. it's just so funny how they're just, just so deeply interwoven. And I feel like in order to really be wealthy and sustain wealth or create wealth. I was just talking about this to somebody, uh, which is, you know, if you lose all your money, as long as you understand how to create wealth, that's all that really matters because money, you know, money mm -hmm. comes and goes, you know, it's, it's a fluctuating yeah. thing. It's life force. And it ebbs and flows. Yeah. It ebbs and flows. And I think if you, it's really developing the skills to receive it, uh, to exchange mm -hmm. it, to create it, you know, it's so, so important. And one of the things I've found, and you can maybe share what, what's been effective for you to help people change their money stories. But one of the things that I found very effective for my own life and uh, some of the stuff that I've worked with is like creating evidence, you know, like when, when something happens with money that's positive to really invest emotionally in that and, and add to the narrative that, Hey, money comes into my life easily. Money, is everywhere. Money comes to me without even expecting, you know, it just, you know, reaffirming that because I mean, shit, you know, we're all guilty. Like when something doesn't go your way and you get a fee or you get another bill you weren't expecting, yeah. how much emotion do we invest in that? We're like, Oh pff, man, I'm just world's out to screw me. Oh <laughs> like, yeah. Life yeah. is so hard. <laughs> and it's like, you're just, all you're doing is just adding more evidence to the negative money story and, and solidifying this sort of, you know, scarcity mindset. So, yeah, I don't know what no, you're yeah, You're so have. right. No, you're so right. It's, it's definitely that I, I do believe that there has to be a level of awareness because, you know, maybe you and I, you know, sometimes I don't know if you come across people when, um, they're not fully aware. So really their mind doesn't allow all for them the time, to see, right? <laughs> so their mind doesn't allow for them to see these great things, right? Like you said, affirming what knowing that money has come to you because it has, but if you're not aware of how you're speaking and the way you're saying and the story you're telling and the narrative you're playing, if you really aren't aware of that, then you're you're really just going to keep playing that same sort of, you know, beat over and over and over until you get to a point where you're just so tired of it that then you say, okay, now I will become aware of 
you know, this, what I'm saying. And, and when you seek out, right, to listen to people, to hear what's going on so that you have those triggers, I think that that is the most important thing for people to really become aware of those things, because you're right. The only way you're going to know that you're saying negative things is if you really can get yourself to be cognizant of it. So, when you have a good money experience, write it down. You know, there's like, you can get a Mason jar and put like your wins. They could be small things. They don't have to be so that when you have those moments, right. When you're like, Oh, I'm feeling a certain way, go get your little jar and go see your wins to see when money is coming in. When you have a bill and you have the money to pay it, honestly, what you should say, instead of saying, oh, you know, the, the world's out to get me, like all they want is money, blah, blah, blah. You just say like, I'm so thankful I have money and that money comes to me so easily that I can pay this bill. Guys, it's a freaking blessing to be able to pay your rent, to be able to pay your car, to be able to pay your phone, anything that you pay in this life and you still have money to save and you still have money to do anything else, that is a freaking blessing. So every time that you put out there that you are, happy that you are blessed that you know that you know that god the universe whatever you believe in has your back and money is going to come to you easily it does you can't expect the other thing too is that you can't expect whatever higher power you believe in to give you or to bless you with more if all you do is nag about what you have like what do we tell kids like, if you don't take care of that, I'm not going to give you any more, right? <laughs> or if a kid nags about something that you give them, you're like, I'm not going to give you more. See it that way. Like, why would why would the universe, why would money come back to you if you just treat it like crap or if you're just being negative all the time, right? So it, it is just starts with your mindset. It starts with you. What narrative are you playing in your mind over and over? I remember reading uh, something about a study they did a while ago comparing like quadriplegic people, uh, people who had gotten quadriplegic, mm -hmm. like just, you know, obviously terrible disaster in their life yeah. and uh, people who won the lottery and mm -hmm. graphing their happiness over some period of time. I think it was like a year maybe or two years or something. And it was just a wild thing. Like first time lottery winners, obviously people who don't have the skills to, to create wealth, they were just kind mm -hmm. of regular, you know, regular Joe's. And it was just crazy because after a year, again, I don't know, remember the time frame, but after that particular time frame, the, the quadriplegic people who would go, imagine losing freaking both of your uh -huh. arms and legs, you know, yeah. uh, you know, and just basically losing everything after a certain amount of time, they're happy and they were able to adjust and sort of, sort of mentally, obviously reframe the situation, their happiness index even got higher than the people who after that same period of time with the lottery, they, you know, they got really excited, obviously at first yeah. and really happy, but then, <laughs> yeah. you know, it goes uh, away, more money, yeah. more problems, right? And it's just uh -huh. because like you said at the beginning, you know, the mindset wasn't there. And so then you're even more depressed because you had so much and you had so yeah. all this contrast now in your life. <laughs> uh, you, you hear know, it so. all the time though. Like you hear that yeah. all the time, like, you, millionaires, um, people that won the lottery artists, right? Like famous people that yeah. are broke because really like they, they don't manage their money or they don't manage it. They don't know how they basically, they come into a, a shit ton of money and then they're like, well, I get to spend it. They feel like it's a never ending. Well, and yeah. yes, 
money can be that way, right? But you can't be careless with it. You, you know, it's not going to come back to you and it's not going to continue to grow if you're careless with it. So it's just being mindful of that. And you're right. Like, again, people, you're not going to be happy just because all of a sudden you have millions, you might reach a little peak, right. Of happiness. But if you don't know what to do with your money and if you're just spending like crazy, then you're going to end up sad and depressed and all those other things because you're truly not doing what you're supposed to, or, feeling like you're doing what you're supposed to and being confident about it. So true. You know, I, it's funny too, because I think a lot of the, the studies, I wrote a book on gratitude a couple of years ago. And so I ended up like looking through a bunch of like gratitude studies and fulfillment studies. It's really interesting yeah. actually, but you know, it was funny that most of the time the happiest people on the planet are actually some of the poorest. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's so it's true. Just, you're so, so right. True. I say point, gratitude you know. is a universal currency. It really is. Yeah, like true. you can find yourself in any position. And as long as you're able to find gratitude in that financial position, then you will, you know, it's, it's currency. It's not anything else. Like if you're thankful for where you are, you can move forward in anything that you're doing. The other thing too, I feel like gratitude and all these stuff, all the stuff that we're talking about now, as far as mindset, to me, yeah. I've always tried to see myself as a space for money to transact upon. I'm just mm-hmm. a bit space. So money can come in, come out. I have, you know, whatever, like I'm not going to cling on to it. I'm not going to, you know, chase it. I'm just going to be open and just going to let it, I'll, I'm going to be the table that the money can be transacted upon. And I think a lot of times, yeah. you know, I, I'm guilty of this too, but a lot of times I think where people get stuck is they become containers for money, you know, where it's mm-hmm. like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta hang on. You know, I, I have to save mm-hmm. it. I gotta pinch it. I have to make all these restrictions and rules and, yeah. you know, and that just, you know, like anything that like, like, I don't know, I think a nature, nature metaphors a lot. And, and you like, you look at water, for example, and, you know, running water, doesn't develop bacteria usually. I mean, it's, it's like, it's clear. It it's a flows. cleaner source because it flows, right? It's, it's a flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, but if you have a pool of water you know, somewhere out in the forest, you there. definitely don't want to be drinking from that shit. <laughs> yeah. You know? So it's, it's the same way. I think with money, I think to me, money's an energy that flows. Uh-huh. And if it, if you're trying to accumulate it, it will rot, you know, in a sense, you're oh, kind yeah. of just hanging on. <laughs> Yeah, I like I like that metaphor. I really do, because it's true. You know, everything it it is flow. And when you try to hold on to something and you don't allow for it to come back or the way you let it go is the same way sort of it comes back to you. I know I read somewhere that, you know, you can't um, you can't uh, air like you can't capture air. You can't put it in Mm. a jar. Right. Air is just there. And so when we idolize money or we idolize what money can do for us, sometimes it's like we want to hold on to it, right? We're trying to put it in and and save it and preserve it, but we can't. It's just like air. It comes and goes and it does. And I also, you know, I want to add to that by saying like, when energy comes out the way you, what we were talking about before, when you're paying a bill and you're upset and you're all these, you know, saying all these negative things again, your the way you give money 
is sort of the same way it's going to come back to you. Mm. And so if you're giving it like begrudgingly or you're paying for services or, you know, you need something, but yet you're like trying to hold on to it for dear life. That's how, that's how icky it's going to come back to you because you're letting it go like that. It's not, you know, you're not producing a good flow for yourself by, I don't know if you've ever had people pay you like, and they're all annoyed and upset or something, you know, or just the clients, you know, being, or doesn't really want to, but then they do and they become the most annoying client ever. Like I oh, know yeah. I've, <laughs> I've had to learn my lesson on that, you know, because it's like, you're not giving this to me with joy and you really don't see the value in what I'm doing. So therefore keep your money because I don't want that kind of energy in my life. hundred <laughs> so. percent. Yeah. And I actually, I mean, to me, I, I don't chase clients or anything I, I've mm -hmm. learned. I mean, I, I used to, obviously we all go through our own growth process, but yeah. I used to chase, you just say, yes. Okay, sure. Yep. And it's mm -hmm. like, it took me a while to really learn using boundaries. And I think this definitely applies to the conversation on money because, you know, understanding what you're going to say yes and no to, obviously we earn money from working, right? So yeah. I mean, understanding how to use boundaries is so important because, you know, like you said, yeah, actually, I think there's a superstition in my culture. I'm Romanian. I'm Eastern European. I was born um, in Romania, but um there's a lot of superstitions obviously from that part of the world. And I think one of them is exactly like if somebody gives you, <laughs> gives you money. money, like, you know, like with regret or, you know, all these yeah. type of negative emotions that you shouldn't accept Upset. it because, you know, yeah. uh, it pollutes your, <laughs> it pollutes your it's life. It's so true. Yes. Like yeah. in my experience, anytime that I've ever accepted money or, you know, there's times where I just know, like there's certain clients where I'm kind of like, no, I shouldn't, you know, and I'm in the yeah. accounting and tax industry. So it is a, a little bit different in the sense that to kind of shoo away people or to say like, no, sure, I'm not yeah. going to help you. It's, it's a little bit different, but I do know right from the start, how this person or how that is going to work. And it's true every single time, anytime that I've accepted anyone that I know has been like, Oh, that's so expensive or whatever. It just never ends well. And yeah. so I've now come to the conclusion that no, if it's not the right price for anybody, I'll just say, Hey, do what you feel is best for you, but this is my price. And if you feel like it's too much, you know, feel free to find elsewhere just because I'm not going to, you know, accept money that way in the same, in the same, because that person, that's how they feel about it. Right. I'm sure we've all heard that saying that our prices don't need to be according to somebody else's uh, standard. Right. Yeah. And, and that's how people should feel about money as well. It's that, you know, we're not doing it for anybody else's standard. We're not, uh, our definition of success is not by anybody else's standard. It's our own and finding that balance for money and the way it flows in our life. Again, it's our own, it's our own story. This is our life. We get to choose. And if you're not choosing, if you find yourself in a position where you feel like life is happening to you, that financial struggles are happening to you, that you're not choosing something, then this is the time where it's like, Hey, it's 
time. It's time for you to get some help. It's time for you to seek out someone that can help you get out of that mindset, shift your, your, you know, what's going on in your life right now. You brought up something I think, which is really important, which is the whole self-worth piece. And I've talked to a lot of people about this, especially in the career space and sort of promotions, you know, especially with women, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, there's definitely a more sort of inhibition or a sense of imposter syndrome or, you know, whatever you want to call it, like sort of the self-worth piece of, I, I am afraid to ask for what I'm worth, you know, and, and that's obviously related to money too, because ultimately, you know, if you allow that belief to, you know, somebody told me one of my, actually one of my clients, my old clients, but we're friends too. And she, she was telling me, cause I remember a, a while ago when I was struggling with asking more for my time, this is a mm. couple of years ago. And I was just struggling with, you know, cause you know, we're, we're nice people. We like to do stuff yeah. for other people. You know, we <laughs> yeah. want to help as much as possible. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and that's great. But at the same time, you know, you're going to bleed yourself dry and everybody's going to just take advantage of it. And so you mm. do have to, you do have to charge what you're for. And she was telling me, she's like, you know, if you charge, let's say you're worth a hundred dollars. We'll use numbers obviously, because uh, yeah. they're objective, but let's say you're worth a hundred dollars, whatever you're providing for that hour and you charge 50, you know, mm-hmm. that difference is sort of this karmic sort of debt that you're accumulating by not charging what you're worth. And it's just <laughs> yeah. explain this whole thing to me. And I'm like, man, you know, you're kind of right. Like that's true. You know, I, I realized that I was just giving so much and I, I love doing stuff for people. I love, you know, yeah. giving more, more. I always believe in general that another rule of success and wealth in anything you do is always give more value than what you ask for. I think that in general should, should be the, the the rule, but you know, sometimes there's a balance to that too, right? There's a balance to mm-hmm. that and, and ultimately learning how to ask for what you deserve and mm-hmm. also not lower yourself. Cause to your point about accepting money from somebody who doesn't see the value in your service, mm-hmm. even if they're paying you numerically, what you are charging, the energy of accepting, it's almost, how do I phrase this? Right. But like if, if somebody comes to you and they don't, ex- they don't believe in you or they don't believe in your value and they begrudgingly give you this money yeah. by you accepting it, you almost sort of accept their belief. Like you kind of take their belief into mm-hmm. your, you know what I'm saying? Like you're saying, yeah, yeah. You're right. you know, I probably suck, you know, I'll take your money, you know? So it's just yeah. like, <laughs> karmically, I just think that's just so weird, you know, that doesn't do anything for your energy, you know? So anyway, it doesn't. And usually, you know, and you end up, it ends up working out like twice over. So I don't know if you've ever heard this Well, in Spanish, it says, El huevón trabaja doble. It, <laughs> it means like, it's like, well, it's saying something about like lazy people have to work twice. Yeah. But this, I think in the same sense is like, if you, when you accept money from people like that, you're almost doing double the work because they're never going to be satisfied with whatever you gave them because already they're already throwing that out there. Right. Yeah. So you're doing twice as much just to make up for whatever their belief that your service isn't, isn't enough. And I agree with you. I mean, it's for me too, it's taken time because I like to help people. I like to give people information, especially new entrepreneurs. Like I want to help them. I want people to feel secure and confident about money. So I, you know, I'm totally down to give someone my, um, 
you know, my two cents, my opinion, <laughs> whatever, you know, if they want a word of encouragement, my thoughts. Um, but it, it is true. Unfortunately, people do take advantage. Like I've had people ask me questions about like TurboTax and schedule calls and be like, oh, you know, TurboTax is asking me this, like, I'm not going to prepare your tax doing their, <laughs> yeah, doing their taxes yeah. over the phone. Yeah. So I, you know, so I've had to learn myself over that, that, you know, if people want to pay for my time or to pick my brain or to, you know, have, you know, give them my, my professional opinion, then, you know, now I have to charge for some of these 30 minute consultations because it is my time and I have, you know, children to feed too. And so not, but I don't do it you know, the reason why I choose to, to charge something low is because I don't want to deter someone from wanting the information. So I'm totally fine with it, but it gives a little bit of that investment, right? A little yeah. bit of that, Hey, here's my good faith kind of payment. And Hey, if you didn't like it too bad, <laughs> you know, you'll get something. Yeah, exactly. You'll get something out of it. But for the most part, I mean, everybody gets some sort of information, some sort of something, right? It's better than asking Google. So. Oh yeah. Especially just, with finances. I mean, <laughs> exactly. So many yeah. tips and tricks. I mean, like uh, even with credit too, I'm curious, what do you think some like different strategies are that people maybe aren't aware of that can For help credit. with their credit? Cause credit's like a really, I mean, it's a real science, honestly. I, I really don't know that much about <laughs> yeah, it. But I know, just pay your bills on times and yeah. Yeah, it is. No, I I suggest going on like Credit Karma. Credit Karma is free and you can monitor like your credit over time. And actually Credit Karma will give you suggestions. Like if you pay more on this card, because it is a little bit of a science. So if you have certain cards or revolving credit that you're, that's at a high. So let's say, um, you have three different cards and one of them, the one that has the highest balance, you don't really bring down the balance too much. Let's say it's at over 40% of usage, then paying that down normally helps increase points. Mm. Um, so I normally say go on credit karma and see maybe their suggested um, pay downs for credit. And then also a lot of things can be fixed yourself. You really don't have to go to those like creditors, like we'll help you fix your credit kind of thing, because a lot of them, anybody that suggests that you stop paying things to fix your credit, I don't normally suggest to go that route because then you're going to have a lot of creditors calling you and all these things and consolidated things. And that doesn't necessarily help your credit. Um, so if you're trying to get out of maybe some of the debt you have, then maybe pursue something like that. But if you want to increase your credit score, you can fix certain things by visiting the creditor that has you on a negative or derogatory term and then writing to them and asking them to remove it. So it is a little bit of, of um, what is it called? Uh, love. Um, labor of love yeah. <laughs> if you want to fix your credit if you're trying to do it on your own but if not i mean there's also people uh, i often refer people to um my friends they're the blueprint my blueprint they also help with credit repair credit is such a complicated thing now with all the different ways that you can build credit and, and it changes and you have to be accountable and make sure 
you know, you're, you're not doing certain things, you know, certain mistakes that might cost you more than you think they're costing you that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Definitely. You know, a lot of times people also, they feel, um, because of interest, you know, you constantly hear like, oh, if, if I have, um, if I'm paying a lot of debt or I'm paying a lot of interest on things. And so that's what gets them sort of frustrated about their debt situation, because you often do hear that that's, you know, old time, old time folks that talk about finances and say, you know, you need to get out of debt because you're paying all this interest and fees and all that stuff. But then people feel like they're not living their most fulfilled life because all they're doing is paying off debt. Right. Mm. So sometimes is, you know, do what you feel is the best for you. Like consolidating debt is okay. Even if you're paying a little bit of a higher interest rate, if it's going to help you feel more secure about not paying all over the place and you can consolidate a debt, then do it. You know, what's, what's the problem? Oh, that's another big thing. I've, I've, I had to file for bankruptcy in 2009, 2010, when we had that major economic crisis. So again, was that a big it was a big, like, it felt like failure, you know, but why? Because I felt like, look, I went, I did something wrong. Right. I it's got such a big away word, bankruptcy. <laughs> exactly. It is. And you do get people looking at you weird because of it. Right. But I could tell you that that didn't stop me from anything. Like it didn't, I still started a business in 2010 or that's when I started my, my career in tax accounting and I still finished school. I still <laughs> like there, nothing stopped me just because that happened. It happened and you know what, it needed to happen at that time, but now I'm in a better place. And even with debt, even with $110,000 in student loan debt, like, so what? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't define me. That's that's so important too. I think, like you said at the very beginning, that your debt does not define you. And I think that anything that can free up space in your mind, that can give you just a little more space and, yeah. and that easy going, well, even if, like you said, even maybe the interest, the interest is a little higher, but you're not scattered thinking, Oh my God, you know, like how much mental energy do we waste on? I've got oh five gosh. fucking different people <laughs> yes. that I have to pay. And, and then that just exhausts you. And then you're not thinking creatively and then you miss opportunities then you get in scarcity mode. Then you start saying, you know, so it's like exactly. snowball effect, you know? So, uh-huh. you know, what is that extra point of interest, you know, worth if it can free up your mind a little bit to do, other things and to get moving and to maybe find a better opportunity. I mean, that, that to me is prices. I think of it that way. So it is, it really is. I mean, think about like how much, like you said, how much of your mind space you'd be freeing up by like just releasing some of that, you know, because I, I know I've had, um, someone contact me, they wanted to talk to me and they were like, you know, I don't, I feel like I'm going to lose my house. And I said, well, why don't you sell it? I don't want to sell it because I felt like one time I had to let go of my house and I'm like, okay, so you're suffering right now. Like you feel like you cannot pay your home. Like you're in a position where you're just like in dyers, but you won't sell your home. Like if that literally would free up so much of what you're doing right now and 
help you pay off debt and help you get out of the hole that you're in, but yet you can't let it go, you know? And so many people are, feel that way, right? They just like, there's things that they just cannot let go of. And, and at that moment, I mean, you have to really reevaluate what's a priority for you. Is it your peace of mind? Is it you continuing on the way you feel? And again, if that means consolidating things or paying things off slowly, then do so, but do what feels right for you. What feels good to you? What is going to make you feel confident? And another thing that I want everyone to know is that in order for you to be confident, you have to spend time knowing what you do with your money. You can't, you have to give money direction. You can't just allow money to tell you what to do because that's what happens. A lot of times we just look at our bank account and we're like, oh, this is what I have left over, right? Oh, this is, you know, it's it's what's left. We look at our, our what is it, our app and we're like, yeah. oh, this is how much money we have. But we haven't planned for anything, right? Why do you think we get unexpected bills? Because, or, because we didn't plan for it. Let's say you have an additional hundred bucks. What's the first thing people will do they go and spend it right yeah. so they think they have they think they have an additional hundred dollars well, buy GameStop stock <laughs> yeah oh there you go <laughs> wait is that one going up <laughs> no. it was I mean like um, I don't know if they're gonna do it again but they were remember they were trying to short the uh oh. GameStop and that that was creating like this huge controversy big bubble but oh, I think it's uh, I think it's or, done now but yeah it was crazy because all coin <laughs> yeah Dogecoin that's another Dodge one coin. god I mean yeah. We'll see by the time this episode launches out, who knows where it's going to be. Maybe it's it's in the gutter. Maybe it's at the moon. Who freaking knows? I mean, yeah, (laughs) that one's just based on popularity. Clearly. I mean, so yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, you have to give money direction. You can't just let things again happen to you. So the first step in being a confident money woman is what I call it is you really sitting down. I teach this very simple method is to use a calendar and write down is that your cash all of your method? bills. Yes, part of the cash method is yeah, write down about that. all of your bills. Oh, well, I got ahead, but it's it's definitely that we we have to, well, we'll talk about it, I guess, when you no, ask. No, go for me. it. Yeah, you're good. Um, is writing down in a calendar, write down where all of your bills are, how much money you make every month, and calculate it week by week and write in everything you spend week by week because that pen to paper makes commitment. And you have to commit to doing this because if you don't commit, then there, you're not going to get the results that you want. You know, we all have desired results. We all see our lives in a certain way. Most people, for most people, debt weighs the heaviest. Mm-hmm. Then the next thing is not having a savings account, right? But they don't pay off debt and they don't save any money and they end up in the same place, right? So I say, use a calendar, write down what your bills are, write down how much money you make, write down what you spend on every week, because I guarantee you that once you start really noticing your habits and what you're spending on, you'll make the change. It doesn't have to be a crazy change because, you know, you often hear like, cut, you know, cut the Starbucks out or do whatever, like, do it if it works for you. If, I mean, if Starbucks is life and you just like, (laughs) this is my one joy, then keep the freaking Starbucks, but you know, change on something else. The same thing that I say about eating, eating out is 
if you're constantly eating out, then don't buy that many groceries. Cause most of the time people buy a lot of groceries and they let it go to waste. So yeah. don't buy that many groceries, you know, stick with what, you know, you are going to do what you're going to be consistent with and then make the slight changes. And that way, because if you do it week by week, you'll know, okay, I have this much rolling over into the next week. Right. And then from there, you can say, okay, I have an extra $100, pay 50 off of one card and save the other 50. Then you're giving your money direction and you're going to start feeling better about how you're treating money and what you're doing with it, as opposed to just kind of letting it happen. I guarantee you most people, if you ask them, like, how much did you spend on food last month? Nobody will be able to tell you. And I say, oh, around, but if you do the actual calculation, it's crazy. It's crazy how much we spend on eating out. I'm guilty of it too. Don't think I'm not. Oh yeah. Uber <laughs> but, Eats, are you kidding me? Uber Eats is like oh, yeah. <laughs> four times the price. I mean. <laughs> yes. DoorDash. Trust me. 2020 you had DoorDash had my number. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I mean, of course, that's what it is. But again, I, I say use something like mint, mint.com. You can update your transactions. You could see what you're doing. But the calendar method is still very important with that, not just one or the other. Do it all combined so that you can really start keeping track of where your money is going. Because you will be surprised. You will be like, oh, I didn't know, you know, every time I go to Target, I spend $150. Easy to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially some of these, uh, it's so funny because I, I feel like some types of going back to what you said at the very beginning with, with the kind of stories we grow up with. Mm -hmm. I remember like my mom, for example, I would always be like, well, how much did you spend on that? I was like, I, I don't know. I don't look at the price tag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, like certain things, you know, mm -hmm. we'll look at the price tag, but certain things based on, again, whatever our beliefs were around, whatever, let's say treating yourself, right? If treating yeah. yourself, if you couldn't treat yourself as a child and, you know, you always wanted to treat yourself with ice cream and you couldn't because mom didn't want to let you because it was too expensive. Now yeah. you eat ice cream and you don't look at the price tag for ice cream. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. part of your blind spot, you know? And so that's uh -huh. obviously a silly example, but you know, it's those types of things that really like, you're like, holy shit, where the hell did I spend all this money? Spend all this money. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I often, you know, talk about like finances is very like the correlation between finances and working out. Right. Mm. So again, you eat a salad one time or you work out one time, it's not going to make you fit. It's not going to make you healthy. It's not going to do anything. You did it the one time and that's it. Right. Um, you have to do it consistently. You can't just expect that you do the one thing and all of a sudden it's done. The other thing though, that I find that there's lack out there, and this is what I believe my biggest like passion and message for everyone is that you can, you can hit all of the buckets. You can get to all of the things. It doesn't have to just mean one thing. Because oftentimes I find that people focus on one thing alone, like let's say, again, paying off debt, right? So it becomes like this, you have to solely focus on paying off debt. And then we neglect retirement accounts, we neglect um, you know, getting life insurance, we neglect having trust accounts, we neglect saving money. So because we're so focused on the one thing and I'm a big advocate on the fact that you can do 
all of those things, that it's not just the one thing. You can allow yourself to be in all of those things so that you can create a more financial secure and confident you because you're not just focused on the one thing. You are actually doing all of the all of the things that are required to complete a financial picture. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's sort of like that bed of nails, right? Like if you lay down on a bed of nails, if it's just like three or four nails, you're in trouble. But if there's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, if there's a thousand of them, it's then thousand, it, yeah. you're not going to feel the pain. And I think the same thing is with uh, with money too. And maybe this will kind of tie into something with with multiple streams of revenue or, you know, multiple different ways of basically securing yourself. Like you said, having a savings, having a trust for certain things like your home or, you know, other, other important things. And I think just a lot of people don't, a lot of people are in the boat of like, or I've got my job, I've got my, you know, maybe savings account and, and that's it. And it's just like, that's not a formula for wealth, man. That's not a Mm -hmm. formula for freedom. I mean, it's not even about wealth. It's really, I think about freedom. You know, what we want is freedom to spend time with our loved ones, to Mm -hmm. maybe travel, to experience the world, to just do whatever it is that you want to do. I think that's why we're here is to enjoy the world. And, uh, you know, that takes planning, right? That takes Mm -hmm. takes, uh, intentionality. It does. It does. If you feel that you're not living your life in a way that is allowing you to really like enjoy what you're working for, right? Then, then, you know, it's time for a change. I mean, I don't know about you, but I know for me, for many years through most of my adult life, I worked two jobs Mm. and, you know, it's almost like wearing it as a badge of honor. Like, (laughs) and it's really not because it's like, really, do we want to spend most of our life working two jobs? Do we want to spend most of our life working so that we can pay off bills? And, you know, there's one part of being an entrepreneur. There's like, it comes with a whole other slew of things, but people out there that are working nine to five, don't feel bad because you work a nine to five. That's fine. You can still make a financial impact in your life with your nine to five. You can still make financial decisions in your life with a nine to five. It's just that, you know, feeling how you feel, what, what, are you living? Like, how are you living? Are you feeling like you're living your your true, like the potential in life? Like, is it, or is it that you just feel like you're living for the weekends, right? Or you're living just to get out of work. So, you know, what is that causing you? What What is the cost of that for you? Is it costing you a lot? Right. Yeah. And I think, I think work too. I mean, I was talking to one of my friends about this too, that work, I think work is part of everybody's life and it should be part of your life, should be a rewarding part of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, work, most of the time, I think people are doing it because of survival, because they need to do this. And it's like, okay, that's, that's normal. I mean, you know, I I think that's normal unless you inherited a bunch of money, but that's normal is to go through that phase of, okay, I'm, I'm doing this solely because I need to survive and maybe yeah. I enjoy a little bit of it, but I'm not planning on being here. And that's normal, but I don't think that you should stay there. I, I think that you should constantly be trying to create a system in your life mm-hmm. that allows you the, the wiggle room 
that you can focus your work on what is it that really lights you up, right? I mean, what is yeah. it that you feel you can contribute to the world? Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, it's gardening, maybe it's baking, maybe it's accounting. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Um, I yeah. mean, it's, it's different for everybody, but it's like you should create a system that allows you to enjoy work because to me, it's like, it's one of the most miserable things to be trapped in just a job, just, just a place where it's like, okay, I'm just doing this for the money where literally there's no motivation. I mean, there's mm-hmm. nothing exciting about that. Like, even if yeah. you're making, I've, I've met people that made a ton of money and they quit their jobs for literally like a third of the pay just because it was more rewarding doing whatever the hell they were doing yeah. you know, in, the, in the other job. So it's just, yeah. I mean, and you know what, that plays hand in hand with what we do with our money, because it's like, why do you think people stay in certain jobs, right? That if they're making a lot of money because they're so in debt or because they have a lifestyle or because of whatever. So they really feel like they can't move away from that, right? Even if when it's not making them happy, but just understand that in everything, there's seasons. Like I always say, there's seasons for me, this is my season. I have yeah. to work a lot. There's a lot that goes into a lot of energy, a lot of <laughs> hours, a lot of angry F-bombs. So <laughs> there's <laughs> there's a lot that goes into this season. And then there, there will be moments where, you know, I can really live out like my creative side and my passion side. And, and I, I really do my best to listen to myself and where I am with everything, because being an entrepreneur, you do wear all the hats, like literally like I'm, it's like, hello, I'm customer service. Hello, I'm the office manager. Hello, I'm the chief everything officer. Hello, I'm the tax Hello, I'm the janitor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hello, hello, I'm, you know, the marketing department. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of buckets here to hit, but the same with you having a nine to five, like you said, do find something that does light you up if your current job isn't doing that for you and find a way how you can change that path for yourself if truly what you're doing is not something that you love or that you're passionate about because i mean yeah we we only get this this shot (laughs) so that's it We only get one shot i mean it's uh who knows what happens afterward i'm sure something happens but definitely this life isn't yeah happening again you know exactly i mean you don't know whatever you believe in and the aftermath who knows what what that's going to be you know so it's this is it so let's try to make it as as fun and as great and enjoyable as possible right do you have any advice for women entrepreneurs or new women entrepreneurs how they can any kind of tips and tricks maybe how they can be smart with their money things to watch out for anything important that you want to mention definitely track your finances guys like there's you know use quickbooks or hire yourself a bookkeeper get yourself a tax accountant or make an appointment talk to someone do not just talk to your friends about what to do with your business because <laughs> there are so many aspects to entrepreneurship especially when it comes to money and finances i mean i could go on and on. Um, I will be having um, a launch of a course called Entrepreneurship 101. Um, And the only reason why I'm mentioning it or I'm plugging it in here is because I do talk about um, 
how you're taxed as a sole proprietor, how you're treated if you have a corporation, why you would want a corporation. It doesn't make sense for you. Tax deductions. There's so many aspects to business that truly you don't want to go at it blindly and continue on. Please do yourself a favor for tax time. Track your track your expenses. So if I can tell anyone, you know, my three main points is separate your your business from your personal so that you know how much money your business is making and how much money your business is spending, right? Because your business money is not your personal fund money. So that belongs to your business. Treat it as, as though. <laughs> Two, save receipts. Keep receipts of everything because you will need them for your own documentation, um, not necessarily for your taxes, but you'll need them for backup. And three, you know, talk to someone, plan. Uh, don't just let things go because you don't want to deal with it, that, you know, you get to a point where the pain is too much and then it becomes harder because it's it's so much of it, you know, that that having to help you or having to sort it out makes it more difficult for everyone. So just, you know, do yourself a favor, make, give yourself one day out of the week or one day out of the month, call it financial Fridays, call it financial, whatever day and work out your finances. Make sure you know what you're doing with your money. That's great. And when's that uh, course going to be launched? I believe um, I'm projecting for it to be launched June uh, 15th. So right now is just kind of giving a lot of information. So if anybody wants more information, they can go onto my website or to my link and, you know, sign up for the newsletter. And then once it's, it rolls out, then we will go ahead and launch it. Cool. Nice. And that's something that's like a program that they can purchase, or is it like a live course where you're getting taught? It is, it's, it's a program where they can purchase it a little bit similar to a live course, because I do have a video and I have presentation and I also have written documentation. So you'll have written material, you'll have videos, you'll have a lot of resources. So it is, I don't know what to call it. I guess it's like a resource library, but better than having to Google it. Like I will walk you through how to do certain things and why certain things in business are important. That's why I call it entrepreneurship 101, the shit you really want to know. Yeah. That's part of the title. (laughs) Yeah, that is. Oh, that's perfect. I love it. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Damari, one more question for you. What are you most grateful for today? Today, let's say I am grateful for just the ability to be able to work in my own office and, (laughs) and be able to have interviews, you know, at four (laughs) o'clock, but yeah, yeah, I'm just grateful for uh, getting shit done and going on vacation pretty soon. So very excited for that. Awesome. That's super exciting. I would be excited too. If you're, if you're getting on, especially after all the work that you're doing, my God, like (laughs) I can't imagine right now you must be having like 12 hour days or something, right? No, I honestly, I created my life and in this business, the way I wanted, the way I wanted it. And that was not part of the plan. So no, I don't work 12 hour days. (laughs) No, I take the time off. I'm very much, I have boundaries and 
you know, anybody that's coming in late, they're getting an extension. Wow. Easy as that. Yeah. Good for you. That's really yeah. good. Thank that's, you. That's the way to do it. Honestly. I mean, otherwise yeah. you say yes too much, you're going to blow up, you know? Well, you know, I come from corporate background or you, if you ever work in a, in a firm or a tax accounting, like that's what, that's what they want. They want you to work 12 hour days. They want you oh, to yeah. work Saturdays and Sundays. They want you to wake up and go to sleep there. And I'm like, no, that's not my life. And I'm not going to kill myself. I'm not going to stress myself out, stress myself sick or nobody's stuff is worth that much stress to me. So I'm like, no, no, thank you. (laughs) So yeah, hundred percent. I'm I'm right there with you. I've been there where I've worked my ass off literally, you know, and I think we all have, and it's just like, you know what? Money's always going to come. People are always going to come. Opportunity. There's always going to be something. It's just my ability, my boundary. I love that you said boundaries. That's so important, but yeah, yeah. that's right. And, and you honestly, you could again, work your ass off over and over and over and it's still not make you feel like you're making a difference. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) It's a quality, not quantity. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, yeah, that's something that I decided when I wanted to go out on my own was that I'm not like, I really wanted to structure my life and my business to where I get to take time off. I don't, you know, I'm not here stressing out about it. I have my moments where, you know, it's a little stressful, but, um, but I'm working towards it and I'm refining the process every time because I want to live my freedom. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with my friend Damari. You know, money is not everything, but it can do a lot for you. And I've said this many times. And I think everybody should have a good relationship with money. This is part of their consideration of a good life. You know, to be confident in life is to, in some part, have a sense of certainty. Now, of course, the world's always changing. Nothing is necessarily certain, but we can create some of that certainty through our relationship with money. If you If your health is fluctuating, you're not very confident. If your finances are fluctuating like crazy, you're also not very confident. So some of these core things that are so important to our sense of confidence, it's very important to create predictability as much as you can, obviously, in those areas, right? And so this is why something like today's episode is so, so important. So make sure you share it with your friends, share it with your family. You know, so much great advice in this episode and many others too. We had a few uh, this last couple of months that were really good. If you want to get in touch with Damari, I'm going to put a link for it. Again, the link is kind of long, so I'm going to put the link in the show notes. This is episode 257. Go to danceoflife.com slash podcast. You can also sign up for regular updates there where you get all the info. Let's not forget good old Napoleon Hill taking it away for us. Opportunity often comes disguised in the form of misfortune or temporary defeat. You know, I've talked about this many times, but being resourceful with your failures and wins too, but in this case, let's talk about failures. This is one of the most important skills for success I think anybody should have in practice. Life is always changing. You're always going to fail. Things are going to happen that you don't expect, but how you respond to that and how you utilize that 
as your fuel to move forward. This is probably one of the universally agreed upon traits or characteristics or habits for success is your ability to be resourceful. So however that resonates with you today, I hope it does. And I hope you have a great rest of your weekend practicing all this wonderful stuff, looking forward to a new new week, a new you, new opportunities, new money mindsets, all that wonderful stuff. So have a great rest of your weekend. We'll see you on Tuesday for a little Transformation Tuesday. And don't forget, your life is a dance. So go out there and dance it well. For more inspiration, free resources, and bonus content, stay connected at danceoflife.com.